Just when you thought it was safe to declare health care reform dead, we have a pulse in the United States Senate. This is the Big Story Podcast, and we're going to explain what it all means. Current resolution on the budget for fiscal year 2017. I now ask for a second reading and in order to place the bill on the calendar under the provisions of Rule 14, I object to my own request. I'm joined by Ed Pesch, uh, the editor of Senate Action Reports and our senior legislative analyst here at CQ Roll Call. We're going to go through what happened uh, recently on the, on the Senate floor and why there is a little bit of a pulse uh, with health care, the, the Republican efforts to repeal and replace parts of Obamacare, and also what that means for the rest of the agenda. Uh, just when we started to see a little bit of, of movement on different parts of the agenda, this, this could have an effect on that, and also what it means for nominations, because we keep on hearing about the slow pace of nominations and so forth. Ed, welcome to the Big Story Podcast. Hello, Jason. <laughs> Glad to be back and talking about the institution that seems like it's actually going to be doing some big, big heavy lifting. Right. So, so let's talk about this. I mean, we, we, we recently, as, uh, as of last week on, on this very podcast, uh, you know, said that, you know, just legislation just seems stalled and we may sort of have to brace ourselves for a long summer of, of going through nominees one by one in the United States Senate. But there is an indication now that there, I mean, we started to see indication earlier this week that there are a few bills that are, are moving, a few measures that are moving. Let's talk about some of those and then we'll get to the healthcare, how it fits into healthcare. So what did we see this week? Well, this week, and I think moving into next week, the Senate's going to be working on an Iran sanctions bill. After that, it seems that leadership is trying to move an FDA user fee bill. Mm -hmm. uh, that actually is one of those uh, bills that has a deadline mm -hmm. fast approaching. And if they don't pass that, uh, it will impact the FDA's income. And they might actually have to send out pink slips by the end of July if they don't reauthorize that, that law. Right. So, and just to back up just a second. So, the Iran sanctions bill. This is relatively popular. I mean, like very, like there are the there's a bipartisan sort of coalition, enough of a coalition to pass something to get on record as saying we're not happy with the way Iran is acting. That goes beyond. You wrote about this in Senate Action Reports uh, about you know like the some of the people who weren't all that excited about the Iran nuclear deal that the Obama administration struck. There, this is their chance to sort of get get on the board and say you know we'd we'd like Iran to change its behavior like and and this is our our chance to say that user fees that go to the FDA funds a, a vast array of programs right. and employees at the FDA. These are the people who make sure that our drugs are safe uh, and, and that a food is tested and, and, and so forth. So these are these are relatively popular measures and there is like support for them. The you know the FDA item is is moving in committee this week. It could be ready for for floor action soon. But then what happened? What what happened with what what did Mitch McConnell do on the floor? We just listened to him and and for so many people that's the, that's the stuff they don't even listen to when they, if they're turning on even C-SPAN people, you know, who are like riveted by floor procedure may have just sort of like kind of casually uh, not listened to that. What did it all, what did that mean? Well, I often listen to the opening statements from both leaders. And I will say that today I was uh, riveted when I heard the leader essentially move to a first reading of the House passed health care bill. What that indicated to me is that he wants to set action as quickly as possible when they get their language ready to go. Mm -hmm. And today they did a first reading on the bill. I would anticipate tomorrow or soon they'll do a second reading on the bill. Mm -hmm. What that does, it allows, it allows McConnell 
Majority Leader Mitch McConnell to then bring the bill up on the floor right. or move to the bill uh, under the committees. reconciliation procedures. Right. And this bypasses any, any sort of hearings or markets. Right. They Correct. They can just pull it directly to the floor. Correct. As the Senate operates, that is an expedited procedure. And th- this this gets to some of the, I mean, I, I, I can't help think of, think of some of the ironies associated with this. During the debate over the Affordable Care Act, the, the, the legislation, the law, the Republicans are seeking to alter, in, in some cases, gut and replace with some of their own language. They, um, th- the complaint from the Republicans on both sides of the Capitol during that debate was that this was all taking place, the debate was taking place behind closed doors, and there wasn't enough public input. Now, that, that is true to a certain extent, because there, there, you know, any, when any legislation gets close to the, the finish line, you, the leadership and the sort of the key players start taking over. But there were months and months of hearings that went in, in both sides of the Capitol that went into the Affordable Care Act. Uh, but this basically, this sort of obviates the need for any hearings whatsoever in the Senate. And w- the House already passed their bill without any hearings. Now, they did have markups, but they didn't have hearings. Right. So it, there is a, a little bit of historical irony that the Republicans who, com- who ran for several years, that it was a closed process and not open and not transparent, uh, are, bringing, are, are doing – they're actually – committing a little bit of this themselves. They're being a little bit untransparent and they're, and they're bypassing the committee process and the public uh, input process. Well, that's true when you think about them bringing up the House passed bill. Uh, at this point, from what we're reporting and what I'm being told, the, the budget committee is, is in the process of putting together the reconciliation bill. Uh, so that part is ongoing between staff and members. Whether that will result in any hearings before, before that presumed substitute would come to the floor, you know, that, that's yet to be seen. In, in the last few weeks, though, I mean, the, the Senate, ever since the House passed their, their version of, of the Reconciliation Bill, of, of the repeal and replace legislation in early May, we've seen nothing but sort of a stalemate at best in, in the Senate. What, what has changed that allowed Mitch McConnell to say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring this up, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to at least start the process which I can bring up this, this measure? I don't want to presume to think for anybody, uh, but but what is it? Is, did something change in the last few days? Uh, because it seemed like there there was some sort of change. Like all of a sudden, things just started moving kind of quickly. It, it seems to me that you had some movement with certain senators who may have been perceived as opposing the House bill, mm-hmm. uh, seeing some kind of progress. For example, Senator Cassidy. He announced the Republican from Louisiana. Correct. Correct. He, he was, he was, it was reported that he was saying that he is, he is looking to be on board Mm -hmm. and with what the Senate is, is working on and crafting. And, uh, I guess similar to what we may have seen in the house where you had a lot of, a lot of members opposing, you're starting maybe to see a little bit of movement. Uh, Senator Lindsey Graham, a uh, Republican called out Senator Rand Paul for being in opposition to uh, the the House bill. A lost cause, he called him. He exactly, exactly, and we saw a little bit of pushback from Senator Paul's office, essentially saying he had an opening in his communications department, but that they were good <laughs> and that he could speak for himself. Mm-hmm. So whether that indicates he's on board or not, it it certainly indicates that 
people are maybe keeping an open mind about what the Senate process is and and the bill that they're working on in committee. And it seemed like at the beginning of this week, we started seeing a lot of Republican leaders, the Republican leadership team in the Senate, Mitch McConnell, John Cornyn, his whip, uh, John Thune, who's the conference chairman, started, start to say things like, we want to get this done as soon as possible. We want to get it done either before the August recess or maybe even if, if things go swimmingly uh, on their end before the July 4th Independence Day recess. Uh, and also, it wasn't. It, they were they were making it clear that they were thinking about this without knowing whether they actually had the votes or not. So it, it seems to indicate that they they really would like to get this off their plate. One thing I've learned over my years, either working in the Senate or observing what senators do, is that they love a deadline, and putting it out there that they want to get something done, maybe maybe by the July Fourth recess. That's going to spur some kind of action, mm-hmm. and and his action today by by doing that first reading indicates that he's the the Senate leadership is serious about trying to do something, at least in the nearer future than we may have originally thought. So it's understandable why Mitch McConnell and his team might not want to have moved too quickly on health care. Uh, the Congressional Budget Office scored it recently, and it, it's still, you know, more than 20 million people, you know, they predicted would lose their health insurance. It would still cost, you know, quite a bit of I mean, It would still, you know, affect the, the budget deficit. So it's understandable that it would be, it, they could have just sort of left it, you know, on, on the side. But they're, you know, they, 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 have apparently calculated that they they have more to lose by not moving anything than by just letting it sort of slowly die or quietly die. But this is just the beginning of the process, right, Dad? I mean, like, there, there's, a, there's a lot that could happen. There's a lot that the Senate has to do, and then it could even be going back to the House. It could be this sort of ping-pong effect. Is that right? That is right. Even after the Senate gets through the consideration that is expected, which would include the dreaded voterama, Let's now let's just pause there for a second. So, you know, there are like majority leaders and, you know, I mean, any any senator can really mess things up on the floor if they really want. Um, a majority leader can lock up votes and or 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 sort of, you know, make sure that only a certain number of amendments can be added to to most pieces of legislation. But with the budget reconciliation measure, it is an there is an unlimited number of amendments That's that you right. can propose, which leads to what you just said, the Votorama. And like, like like some of these Votoramas last all night long. There are literally hundreds of amendments that can be voted on, and any one could be a poison pill that could just, you know, sink the whole thing. Isn't that right? It could. It is possible. It is possible. And that's why I think, generally speaking, when you see a budget bill coming up or a reconciliation bill, you see it right before a recess. Right. Because senators have an incentive to get to get the Votorama done. The smell of jet fumes. Pass the bill and, 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 then, and then head out. So the, the timing in this will be very interesting, but that is not the end of the story. Presumably the Senate will change the House bill. Once they do, that bill has to go back to the House. So it's, it's still going to be weeks, if not months, before this is finished. You know, Donald Trump has been sort of, you know, meeting with members of the Republican leadership class and so forth. And we assume that he has asked, like, hey, let's can we get some of these things going? I mean, he's talked about his infrastructure program. He, you know, says taxes are going great. He's cajoled the Senate about, like, approving more nominees. He obviously wants some sort of health care thing to, to be done. Regardless of the reasons the Senate's decided to sort of jumpstart things, they, they basically they are moving again now, right? The Senate is definitely moving. I mean, they're moving legislation. He's clearly indicated that he wants to move to the health care bill. They're still trying to move and work with, with, with Senate Democrats on the nominations. 
But man, the, the, the Senate schedule is jam-packed, especially as, as, as I'm looking forward. Now, what could this do? I mean, let's say things keep going apace like this. Would that mean that, you know, we, we may not be able to get to all of Iran's sanctions or the FDA bill? I mean, could those things get jammed a little bit? Because, again, previously we were doing only nominations. That's right. That's correct. I think we have a little bit of time before anything hits the Senate floor with respect to health care. They're going to keep moving, I think, these two, these two pieces of legislation in the next month or so. I also think we're going to continue working and see the Senate working on more nominations. Uh, when last we discussed, there were about 10% of the nominees that the White House had sent up to the Senate. We're getting a little closer to maybe a quarter of the more than 550 positions that are confirmable through the Senate. That's a pretty slow pace when you think about the confirmation process that can take a couple of days per nominee. So how Senate leadership works the two bills, a big bill like a health care bill, even under the protected reconciliation procedures and, and hundreds of nominations through the Senate floor, we're still looking at this process taking many, many months, if not into the next year. What also does this mean for the Republicans who, you know, the, the goal of doing tax reform? I mean, the, the, there is a there's a sort of a practical reason that the Republicans want to sort of be done with health care before they can start on tax reform. What are some of the reasons for that, Ed? Well, also another good tough question. <laughs> the the health care bill, because of the way it was brought up through the budget budget resolution and the subsequent reconciliation procedures. That was all for fiscal 2017. Mm -hmm. From what we've been reporting and hearing, fiscal 2018 is where uh, leadership uh, and tax writers have been targeting to get that bill moving. They can't really bring that up procedurally until they finish the whole healthcare process. So right. that, that, that is exerting a lot of pressure on the Senate to get moving sooner than later. They cannot drag this out for months and still and still keep the option of the budget resolution for the next fiscal year. So they need to get that stuff in the pipeline and moving. So, and you said that the senators love deadlines, just like reporters, True. just like journalists True. love deadlines. Uh, but the, and, and you know, they, I'm sure they would love to get it done before Independence Day. They'd love to get it done before the August recess. However, the real deadline for this, for working on reconciliation, for working on health care through this reconciliation process, the, the fiscal 2017 budget, is September 30th, because that's when this fiscal year ends. Right. That's when this budget resolution and its reconciliation instructions um, that expire. Are you there with us, listeners? We're sorry to get so geeky on this, but it is important. It really is important. <laughs> I mean, th this 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 will help determine the the, the uh, fate, you know, of, of of this bill. So really, the the deadline that is staring them straight in the face is they have to get this done before the the fiscal year, and then they can pass, you know, a fiscal twenty eighteen budget resolution that does reconciliation instructions for whatever they want: tax reform, infrastructure, uh, you know, recognizing the the. Uh, contributions of cats to the American economy. I don't know. I mean, like in, in, anything that they really choose to do, they, they can they can tailor it and according. But they really, what they need to do is they need to get rid of this fiscal 2017 budget resolution process, which has health care in it before they can do really anything else big, right? The next few months are going to be pivotal because they've got a lot of must-pass bills that they need to get done before that period of time.
Well, we're going to keep monitoring this. Nothing changes, nothing moves until it starts moving. I mean, if this was Britain, we'd say healthcare is dead, long live healthcare. I mean, or <laughs> tax reform is dead, long live tax reform. I mean, it just seems like the process just is is in these fits and starts, you know. And and there's other stuff going on too. So uh, you know, like with the Russia investigation and so forth. So we, we I guess we have no choice but to just keep a close look on it. Thank you very much, Ed Pesh, for showing up on the Big Story Podcast. Thanks, Jason, and please keep tags on Senate Action Reports. I will. Thank you again. I'm Jason Dick. Thank you for joining us. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and on NPR One. Thanks for listening.